my eating disorder, clinically it's diagnosed as anorexia nervosa with an attachment side of compulsive overexercise. Originally, it was rooted in that restriction of any calories, no matter what food it was, no matter what type, um, and exercising to the point of just physical exhaustion. Um, it started when I was in college, freshman year, and really took off from there and accelerated, but since has actually somewhat morphed. And I think the tricky part about my eating disorder is at this point today, it's not so much restriction. And I'm happy to say it's not the compulsive exercise, but it's shifted to orthorexia, the overtly healthy eating lifestyle habits where, in essence, it's a form of restriction, but it depends upon the type of food. The restriction of the overexercise was rooted in this dissatisfaction with myself, with my life, with a lot of things that were going on. Having switched my concentration or major in college, I was looking for something that I could quote-unquote achieve or excel in, and my body was one area that I just didn't feel comfortable with. And it's very, it sounds very cliche to say, okay, and then it filled the gap, but at the same time, it was a way for me to cope. I could, I could feel this high. I could feel this sense of achievement of dwindling down the amount of food that I needed per day, this, and it was a way for me to also isolate from others. So at one point, it's it's a way to call out saying, you know, I need help. Here's what I'm doing to myself. Here's this it's self-infliction. But at the other, it's something that I'm very I was very proud of that I, you know, I was able to get smaller and smaller and shrink away. The challenge of the orthorexia is that in society we have so much diet talk. We have so many things saying, you know, go paleo, go vegan, go gluten free, go all of these different things. I kind of latched onto different areas, or my eating disorder, I should say, latched onto different areas, seeking that same approval that, okay, I'm safe, I'm okay. So while at one point it was, let me restrict how much I can and get smaller, now it's how can I be healthy that society deems I'm okay too. In the sake of my eating disorder, I lost touch with myself. It's funny because at Montanito, um, one of the treatment centers, they talk a lot about your soul self or your healthy self and then your eating disorder self. And I think that in the throes of my eating disorder, I pretty much surrendered everything to my eating disorder self. The idea of what would Megan herself, what would she want, what would she think would be best for her or even for someone in her shoes was completely lost. It was just, okay, what what will make the eating disorder self at least quiet down a little bit? And by quieting down, I mean what would appease it? What would make it okay? Since treatment, a lot of that has shifted, and I've been able to really garner some space. And in the throes or in a sick moment, I was able to learn how to take a step back and say, okay, but what is the healthier choice for Megan, for herself, for her healthy self, her true well-being? and then I could make decisions accordingly and in subsequently thwart the eating disorder. So I think through the recovery process, a lot of it has been strengthening that healthy self, that true self. It was great to have the opportunity to go to a treatment facility to abstain from symptoms, but also to take a step back from life and say, okay, here's what I truly want. Here's where I am. I'm caught with my eating disorder at certain moments, but in reality, 
this is the goal that I want. Here, I want a family. I want kids. I want all these different things. And that the eating disorder goes against all of that. So you have this fuel to the fire of a healthy self that can grow and manifest and really become powerful. I am very blessed with the family that I have. In the sake of my eating disorder, they were the ones who who called me out. When I knew that something was up, but they really brought it to my face that, you know, you 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 need help for this. Later on to have someone just be with me and support me if we wanted to do food challenges together or beyond that, just to listen and say, what's happening? Why is this hard for you? And try to understand that has been truly helpful. And it, it was not at all easy for them. Physically, my body falling apart and them kind of watching, not sure what to do, what to say, walking on eggshells and do we talk about food at the dinner table or what is going to happen if we go out to eat? Is she going to join us or not? And all of these things, daily activities were thrown off. And I feel somewhat bad in that they, my parents kind of jumped in on my meal plan too. So suddenly I took charge of every meal and the eating disorder, I should say, took charge of every meal. And it, so it, it wasn't so much a communal experience as it could have and in a way should have been. Then you have moments in recovery when we go out and have ice cream and my dad cries because we're enjoying ice cream together. The black and white thinking that is so common to people with eating disorders, it wants there to just be, okay, I'm deciding to recover, I'm recovered. I've been surprised in particular at how my parents have been receptive and able to really understand that it is not a quick fix. They're they're supporting me and just reminding me that, okay, Take a step at a time, but we they personally don't expect me to be recovered tomorrow. They expect me to at some point, and I should say they want me to, but having someone else hold that paradigm for me it has been really helpful. So my therapist is recovered, and that having examples of therapists and people who are recovered and having connections with people who are either recovered or even in recovery going through the same process really helps. The eating disorder thrives in isolation and loneliness and this thought that no one can know, no one understands what I'm going through. And I often say that for me, connections are what feeds my recovery. So if I'm feeling lonely, it makes it harder for me to choose to challenge myself or it makes me question, is this really worth it? Is this what I want? But at the same token, if I'm feeling that connection and I'm feeling in relationship with others, I don't want the eating disorder to be a part of my relationship with anyone. I want that to be sacred. I want that to be something I can fully enjoy and be involved in. For me, I've had to kind of have put blinders up or just use a lot of self-talk to get through different things. I, I work at a Starbucks right now, and you know, people coming in requesting what's the lowest calorie option or what's dairy-free or what's gluten-free and maybe it's their own health concerns, but I know I need to kind of block that out because for myself, my meal plan is what I follow and that will get me the closest to recovery beyond excluding any type of food group. The comparison is huge. If it's body image comparison or lifestyle comparison, it's constant. To get out of it, there are a couple of things I do. I mentioned self-talk and 
getting in touch with my healthy self, taking a step back and saying, all right, what am I feeling? What am I express? What do I need to express? And what's the most in line with what I want for my own self? Not what's my eating disorder, but for Megan, her own self. Another thing for me is to just say it, um, because if I dwell on it, if I think it over and continue to brood upon it, it just, it feeds itself and it grows and festers and ultimately can boil over into unhealthy decisions. And the last thing is journaling. It, journaling is a huge tool in recovery um, that I've learned and that I really try to make the time for because it helps me express similarly to speaking with others. If someone's unavailable, I can have that sacred space for myself and just clear my mind of the comparison, of the comparing and despairing, as they call it. To now be able to sit and have a conversation with someone and be fully there and it is phenomenal um and i just i constantly want more i want my own i want i would love to have my own family and foster that i want to be i want to fully be in life in relationship with these people so the eating disorder will not in any way allow that it's proven that it inhibits relationships are really what drives me to recover when I first started, someone said the word surrender. And I thought that was, I, I hated it. Why surrender to what? To my eating disorder or to recovery? And it really is to the recovery process. Someone told me, just give it a year. Just wait for a year, see how your body image and things like that, you know, how that will change, how your perspective on food, on exercise, and all of that will change in a year. And it's true, a lot does indeed change within a year. That's not to say that you'll be recovered in a year by any, in my experience, but there's enough of a shift that keeps you wanting recovery, that keeps you wanting to be recovered, period. And eating disorder is rooted in this deeper sense of need. And for me, an eating disorder has been wrapped in a desire for for help, a need of help, and a way to kind of reach out. On the surface level, it can look like it's rooted in a desire to change the way one appears physically, but there's so much more behind it, so much energy, so much emotional complication to it that it cannot be simply treated by the restoration of weight and limited therapy. I think there's a lot more that you need to really look at the system of the person, look at their daily life and what makes them truly tick to have that opportunity to say, well, what do I truly value in life and how can that help me fuel my recovery? I've often questioned at what point do I want my story told? At what point do I want to share that this is what I'm going through? That was something that I constantly asked, do I tell people? Do I not? What happens? What are the responses going to be? And more times than not, they've been supportive, but I just would like to say that when you feel you're ready, it's something that you you can share because you become an advocate, and that's really what I want this year to be for myself. I want to continue to work on my recovery and share my story more than I have before. Um, my therapist told me, she goes, you know too much now to go back. It, 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 there comes a point where you're, it would be, in a way, a conscious decision. So for this year moving forward, I really want to be in touch with my decisions each day. What am I choosing? Am I choosing to step forward or am I choosing to stay in safety? And that's okay, but, or am I choosing to step back and whatever may happen, really being aware of all of that.